Well, hello again. This is Pastor Brown at Grand Lions Fellowship Church. I come to you today and because I like to look at Luke chapter 17, starting at verse 11 through 18. About the ten leopards. And uh, what I like to do is look at them and ask some questions and hopefully they will be questions that would lead us into spiritual truths and give us a little bit more insight and knowledge. We are our first day out of what took place on January 6th the storming of the Capitol and and a behavior that we have not seen in this country for well over a hundred years. We have had many marches and protests and demonstrations, but nothing on this scale. And I pray that we'll never see it again. But... I think part of it is exactly what we will be talking about a little bit today about these ten leopards. People just want what they want. And they want to live life the way they want to live it. And they don't show much concern about others. Just what they want. And I don't know if this is an overwhelming problem in America today, that we have lost sight and concern over one another, or is it what I want and what I believe to be right becomes the prevailing thing that we go after. These ten leopards, they're not accepted in society. And we still have that today. That many people are not accepted in society. So we're still working on that, whether it be because of your educational level, because it may be your financial level, It may be because of your ethnic background. There are different reasons why people are not accepted. But all human beings ought to be accepted and valued. And I have to learn that also. That we're all valued because we're all important to God. Christ came to deliver us all from our sin. To deliver us from our bondage of our hatred and our selfishness. And we're going to see the reaction of these ten as they are set free from that which kept them out of society 
kept them from doing what they would have enjoyed doing in life. Should we pray together? Father, we want to thank you and praise you that we are a people who are still growing, O oh God. We are a people who are still learning. And I thank you, O oh Lord, that you are the greatest teacher of all. That through your Holy Spirit, you're going to raise us up. Knowing that, Lord, that we are a people who can be stiff-necked, hard-headed, stubborn, rebellious. But yet, Lord, your desire is to teach us. And only by us being willing to learn will we see change take place in our life. So I pray this morning that you would give us a learning spirit, that you would give us a desire to learn and want to know more, and that, Lord, we can deepen ourselves and broaden ourselves, that we can be better servants, not only to you, but to one another. So, Lord, help us, O oh God, to sit at the feet of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and learn of him this day. And Lord will give you praise and give you thanks in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, here we go. We're in Luke chapter 17, and we're starting at this verse 11. And Jesus is on his way to Jerusalem, and he's traveling along the borders between Samaria and Galilee. Samaria were considered somewhat we call half-breeds, um, uh, partially Jew and partially Gentile or something else. They were a mixture. And Galilee was a place where you had all types of people living. Uh, it was more like the hood, if I might say it in that fashion. A little bit of everybody lived there. Uh, not just Jewish people, but all class of people, all ethnic groups. It was made up of quite a few. And he's traveling between these two areas. And <clears throat> as he was going into a village, ten men spotted him. How did they know who he was? It doesn't tell us. Did they just hear about him? I'm quite sure they were not at the feeding of the 5,000 or the 4,000. I'm quite sure because of their leprosy, they were not in the marketplace per se, uh, listening to him teach. And they definitely were not at the temple hearing him speak. But yet somehow they learned about this individual called Jesus. And it's still strange today. There are many people who don't go to church and they don't care about being around uh, too many Christian folks. But yet somehow the name of Jesus winds up on their mind, their consciousness, when they have knowledge of him. God is making himself known in many different ways. Jesus Christ, the Savior, is making himself known in many countries, in many villages, in many areas, that it's just amazing what God does in 
allowing man to learn if he wants to learn and if he wants to know truth. And these individuals, it says, they cried out to Jesus. In verse 12, he says, As he was going into a village, ten men who had leprosy, and leprosy for us, we oftentimes see leprosy as an example of sin, that it separates us, it destroys us little by little. It is something that will lead to death. And oftentimes, leprosy is equated to sinfulness. That does not mean the individual who had leprosy was in a state of sin. Or is he being punished because of sin? It was a disease. And there was no cure for it at this time. In history. And people were frightened by it. Much like some people are frightened today about COVID-19. And COVID-19, if people know you have it, you are to isolate yourself and uh, it separates you from people. And people won't come around. They won't come around. They will allow you that space that uh, they give it to you. And, and even after your 14 days of quarantine and uh, you're getting better, for some reason, uh, people still a little bit apprehensive of uh, coming around you too soon. They're not ready to visit you right now. They, they, they don't want you in their space uh, very quickly. So leprosy was a time in which people were isolated, removed from society, and could not really venture into the marketplace, into the temple, couldn't go to the parties, couldn't celebrate, couldn't go to the games. So they missed out on life because they were put outside of society. They were put outside of their village or city area. They were a mixture of people. It's something, sometime in our suffering, we get along better. Because there were Gentiles and Jews. There were all groups of ethnic people that were of this leprosy that had to live together in one area. You were not free to just go live anywhere in the city. And here we find these ten leopards. And they met him. They stood at a distance though. And the scripture tells us they stand at a certain distance from him. Kind of reminds us of our present day, six feet. Keep our distance, six feet. But I'm quite sure theirs were much more than six feet. And they kept their distance from him. But it's amazing still that somehow they recognized him either because of the other disciples that may have been with him. 
or they heard somebody else saying Jesus is in the area or here's Jesus. Somehow they knew this individual, Jesus. And they stood at a distance and it says they called to him. They called out in a loud voice saying, Master, Master, not knowing him, but yet calling him Master. And some translations will even use the word Lord. But they're calling out with a loud voice. Why? Desperate. Desperate for attention. Desperate for respect. Desperate for compassion and acceptance. Desperate. When people are desperate, they cry out. They cry out. And they are desperate. And they cry out with a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. Have pity on us. Show us compassion. Show some concern towards us. Now, I want you to recognize they didn't ask for any physical thing, per se. They didn't ask him to heal. They didn't ask him for riches or for a home or for a new car or for new furniture. Or, uh, they didn't ask him for a material thing. They just simply asked him to have pity on them. To have some concern, show some compassion. Because most of the time, they were not shown any compassion, any pity. And people just wanted them to keep their distance, stay in their place, and don't get close to them. It was a total rejection of a human being. There was not even an acknowledgement per se of them, of how we could help or what can we do for you? Can we go to the market and fetch this for you or get this for you? Uh, there was no kindness towards them, just a stick or rocks to keep them at a distance. People would throw rocks at them. People would pick up sticks to keep them at a distance to beat them, chase them away from them. There was no respect for them, no compassion for them, no showing of pity for them, and not caring if they died or if they lived. And all they asked Jesus for was pity. To have pity on them. And when he saw them, he said, go show yourself to the priest. He did more than just show pity. That, that's the little nugget here. 
If you call upon Jesus with a sincere heart, as they did because they referred to him as master, giving him reverence, giving him respect, giving him honor. And Jesus didn't wear any crown on his head. Jesus didn't go around with flashing lights. I am the son of the living God. I am the Lord of Lords, the King of Kings. He didn't have any of that advertisement going out before him in that fashion. He didn't have any royal guards preceding him or following him. There was no procession, really, just him and his disciples and those that would listen to him. And they cry out, Jesus, Master. Jesus, Master. Giving him honor, reverence, respect, and asking him just to simply have pity on them. Not to heal them, not to give them any material wealth or material things, but to just show compassion that someone would care. And Jesus, in verse 14, said, when he saw them, he said, go. He said, go. Go show yourself to the priests. Now, Jesus, being the Jew, also knew the law. For in Leviticus, the only one that could pronounce you clean would be the priests. And they were to go and show themselves to the priests. <clears throat> now, Jesus knew something that they didn't know because he didn't heal them right there. And there's another little nugget for us to pick up. That in our going, because we are commanded by the Lord Jesus Christ, also comes healing. He gives us what we have need of as we are going in obedience of his command. He equips us with what is needed for life. And he told them to go and show themselves. Well, they were not healed at that instant. They were not healed that moment. But in their going, they would be healed. In their doing, they would be healed. In them responding to his command to go they would be healed on their way. And he says, go show yourself to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed. Now catch that. As they went, they were cleansed. For a lot of us who are older, a lot of us who are in pain, a lot of us who are sick, don't stop serving the Lord because of your difficulties. Don't stop serving the Lord because of your so-called inability to feel well or to be able to move and do what you would like to do. You serve him 
and in your serving, you will discover his grace is more than sufficient. In your following his commands and doing what he asks of you, you will find, as Paul also discovered, that his grace is sufficient. Because he doesn't heal all of us all the time. But he does strengthen us. He does give us what we have need of to accomplish what he desires us to accomplish. The question is, will I be obedient and will I go? Will I do what he has required of me? Will I respond to his command and just go and show myself to the priest? Will I just go and serve him as he would desire me to serve him? And some days it can be a tough day. It can be a hard day for some of us because we are sensing that these bodies are starting to fail us. They're getting weaker. But don't stop. Don't stop. Because in your going, if God has commanded you to go, he will also strengthen you and provide what you have need of to complete the task that he has given unto you. And as they were going, they were cleansed. Now, something takes place. And in verse 15, it says, One of them, when he saw he was healed, one of them, when he saw that he was healed, you're the only one who really knows sometimes if you've been touched on the inside of your body. You're the only one who knows sometimes if you've been given divine strength. You're the only one who knows that your mind for an hour or two hours or 15 minutes or 20 minutes or whatever it is, that somehow God freed your mind from what you were suffering with long enough to accomplish what he wanted you to do. And God does that. He strengthens us. In amazing ways. He touches your body in amazing ways. That as long as you have breath. That you can praise him. And serve him. You can be a witness to him. Not sometime with your mouth. But in your actions. It's in your doing. And sometimes your doing will be a more valuable witness than the words that you speak. It's your doing. It's your loving. It's your caring. It's your kindness. It's the giving of your time. It's the giving of yourself to another person. And sometimes as you give yourself to another person, Sometimes less words can be very valuable because all that person is really looking for is someone to just sit and listen, for someone to just touch them, 
and minister to them. By just being there. Just being there. Don't need a lecture. Don't need a sermon. Don't need a lot of your opinion or my opinion. But they just need our presence. Our presence. And it says one of them who was doing what Christ commanded them to do, to go, recognized that he was healed. Before he got to the temple, before he got to the priest, he recognized something had taken place in his body. And he was healed. Whether if he looked at his hands and saw his hands, whether if he saw his feet, uh, that the leprosy was gone, that his body was healed, or if he found new energy in his body, new strength in his body, uh, some way he understood that his body was healed, but didn't really know how it happened, couldn't really explain it. But the evidence is the leprosy is not there. The healing sometimes is that the pain is not there right at this moment uh, while I'm doing what I'm doing for the Lord. And the pain seems to settle itself or disappear for a while or maybe gone forever. I don't know. All I know is that when we do what we've been commanded by Jesus, that Jesus somehow intercedes into our lives to give us the ability and the strength to perform what he's asked us to do. And he says, on his way, while he was on his way doing what Jesus had directed him to do, he discovered he was healed. And then there was a reaction from him. It says that he came back. He came back praising God in a loud voice. Remember, boy, in a loud voice, Jesus, Master, Jesus, Master. And in a loud voice, coming back, praising him, worshiping him, adoring him, thanking him for what he has done. In a loud voice. Not being ashamed, allowing other people to hear what has happened to him. What Jesus has done for him. And didn't care who knew it. It was in a loud voice. It was not in a whisper. So other people also heard this leopard praising him for cleansing him, healing him. Others may have heard. And when Jesus do something for you, don't keep it a secret. Unless God tells you, be quiet. But if Jesus does something for you, if he touches your body, if he gives you extra strength, 
Even if it's for a half hour or an hour, the pain is relieved. Praise him for it. And tell others about it. Praise him for it. And tell other people about what Jesus has done for you. Let them know. And many may not believe you, but that's okay. Because your job and my job is just to witness what Christ has done for us. How he has changed us. How he has healed us. How he has made life different for us. And how he's changed our values and our principles. And how he's changed our thinking. How he's given us love. And taken away our selfishness. That we can care for others. And love others. And minister to others. And he came back. Praising God in a loud voice. And didn't care who heard him. He wasn't worried about how other people thought about him at that moment. Because he knew what they had thought about him before. Now they're going to see him in a different light. Because now he has a new life. And he knows the one who gave him this new life. This life that would be different. And he came back praising the Lord Jesus Christ for what he had done. He threw himself at Jesus' feet in verse 16. Humbling himself, not having any shame about bowing down. And Jesus didn't tell him, bow down to me. Jesus didn't tell him to get on his knees. Jesus never said a word to the man, go to my feet. He, he never said that. Yet the man did this homage of worship and humbled himself in the presence of Jesus and went to his feet the lowest that he could go. He placed himself at the feet of Jesus. And isn't that amazing? All those who stood at the cross were at the feet of Jesus. Were at the feet of Jesus. And when you really understand who you are without Christ, the only place you can find yourself is in a redemptive manner at the feet of Jesus. At the feet of Jesus. I know with men we talk about talking eye to eye, uh, face to face. But the starting point with Jesus is at the feet. The humbling of ourself before our Lord and Master. Before our Savior, our Redeemer. It starts there at his feet.
and he threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him. Thanked him. And he was a Samaritan. Now, why is it that the scripture would bring out that he is a Samaritan? Remember, Jesus is a Jew. And Jews and Samaritans did not get along. They worshipped in two different places. And the Jews saw the Samaritans as dogs, as unworthy people. It doesn't tell us too much of how the Samaritans may have seen the Jewish people, but I will assume that uh, they did not give much credence or value to the Jewish individual because of how Jews treated them. It could be much sometime like African Americans and Caucasians Americans. Oftentimes we will blame how we were treated is how we treat someone else. When you become a Christian, it has nothing to do how a person treated you. It has to do what is the commands of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ in dealing. And some people will disagree with me here. With dealing with your human brother. He's not your brother spiritually. But every Caucasian man is my human brother. And I am his brother. Because we live in this world of what we call humanity. And we all were given life by one father. By the Lord Jesus Christ. And every man, every woman is my brother or sister. And that's that part of that changing of our thinking. I'm not just a black man. And that a black man would appear and that's all that I am. No, I'm much more than that. I'm an African-American man that, yes, happens to be black, but I'm a Christian and I'm a human being. And so are you. You are a human being. And therefore, certain respect is due you. Doesn't matter what you've done in the past. Doesn't matter what I've done in the past. We both start with a mutual respect for each other. And hopefully it will grow. But that's our starting point. And the Jews and the Samaritans just did not care for each other. But here's a key point here. Jesus sends them to the temple. And I will assume here that the other nine may have been Jewish individuals, or the majority of them Jewish. Because he sends them to the temple because that's the only place where they could be pronounced clean and then sent back into society without the scars of the past. 
because the priests would now have said they are clean and they can step back into society, back into culture. They can go to the marketplace. They can go to the parties. They can go to the places of entertainment. Uh, they can now step back into society and be accepted. But this Samaritan was the only one who came back. He was accepted in the group. Didn't matter who he was because he had leprosy. He was excluded just like everybody else. And somehow, sometimes when we're pushed away into these groupings sometimes, these groups become very strong because they are accepting one another until they are healed or until something happens that allows them to separate from the group and then they are able to come back into society and forget about the group from which they come from. We want what we want in order to do what we want. And this individual, it was not about him doing what he wanted to do. He took time to come back to the one who healed him and gave him new life. New life. So that he might enjoy life. That he might enjoy life. He came back and thanked Jesus for the life that he had given him without leprosy. We come back to Jesus and we thank him for the new life he's given us without sin or the scars of sin. We've been forgiven. We've been washed in the blood of Christ. We've been set free of the bondage. And now we can step into the community and we can share with people. We can live not a wild life, not a life that I just want to live, but a life that is worthy of what Christ has done on my behalf. And the question comes from Jesus after the Samaritan thanked him. Now there was ten but only one came back. So in verse 17, Jesus asked, Were not all ten cleansed? Were not all ten cleansed? All ten was cleansed, but why are the other nine? Here come church folks. Oftentimes, Believing people, once they get what they want, it lessens the importance of Jesus. Once they get what they want, Jesus is no longer necessary. Once I can do it myself, and I have enough wealth, or I have enough health, I have enough of this. I have enough strength. I don't need Jesus anymore. 
and he becomes less important in our lives. But when I needed him, I was crying out with a loud voice. When I wanted him to show pity and compassion and love and kindness toward me and and blessings upon me, I was crying out with a loud voice. But after I've received what I think I wanted or think I had need of, he becomes less important in our lives. And I imagine Jesus asked that even about us today. Where are the other ones? Where are the other ones that I healed? Where are the other ones that I touched? Where are the other ones I made whole? Where are the other ones I met their need? And there are so many people who have left church. And God has been so good to you in the past. Jesus has answered prayer for you. And and now you're living in your utopia. You're living in your paradise. And Jesus has been forgotten about. There's a lesson in here for us. Because Jesus asked the question, were not all ten cleansed? Where are the others? Is Jesus asking that about you? On Sunday morning, is he asking, where are the others? On Wednesday night of prayer, is he asking, where is the others? In Bible study, is he asking, where is the others? In ministry and serving and sometime We feel it's just not enough people to carry the load. Is Jesus asking, where is the others? He woke you up this morning. That's more than enough for you to fall at his feet. We're not all ten cleansed. And where are the other nine? Where are the others that once called upon his name. Remember up in the verse it says, Boy, they stood at a distance and called out in a loud voice. They're all calling out because they all have a great need. And in life, Many of us have called out to Jesus because the need was great. But once the need has been satisfied and taken care of, we no longer need him, we think. And we get back to our partying, our drinking, our doing and living life the way we want. Because now we're healthy. And we have strength for a moment because we have forgotten who has given us the health and the strength and the ability to do what we could not do before until we called out to him. 
and he met our need. He healed, he strengthened, he gave talents and gifts and ability that we might do. And now that I'm in my fine house, now that I have my good job, now that I have a little money in the bank, now that I have a little self-security, I no longer need the one who has made it all possible. That's a dangerous place to be. Was no one found to return and give praise to God except this? And look what he uses. Foreigner. There's only this one person who was a foreigner. He was a Samaritan. So here again I would say the other nine were Jewish. Because the scriptures point out to us that He was different than the others. That this foreigner is the only one who came back. And isn't it strange sometimes that those who were not accepted in many different other ways when they meet the Lord Jesus Christ, are the ones who are closer to him. My dad used to have a saying, why is it that everybody who is saved got to come from the gutter? He said, sometimes we forget. People in big homes and very wealthy still need Jesus. They need Jesus just as much as that one who is poor and living in the projects. We both have a need for Jesus. Not just a foreigner. Not just a black man. Not just a man that's over in Asia. Not just a Muslim group. But even the Caucasians and all mankind needs Jesus. And sometimes we forget that. And we think in groupings. But we all need Jesus. For the scripture tells us that he came into this world to be the savior of all. Not a few. Not just a select group or or, or 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 this one little chosen group, but all. He came into this world to be the Savior of all. And he says, the only one that came back to give thanks is a foreigner. Now, here's an amazing statement. Grab hold of this. I hope that you chew on it for the rest of the day. If you hear this message, If you don't hear anything else, hear this. In verse 19, he says, Then he said to him, Rise and go. Second time for this person hearing from Jesus, go. But look what follows. Your faith has made 
you well. Your faith has made you well. Now, now let's just think about that a moment. Because that's, that's amazing here. Jesus says, your faith has made you well. This man got a double healing. The other people, yes, they were healed physically. They were not healed spiritually. This man who came back and gave thanks, not only did he receive the healing physically and was outwardly able to see it and know it for himself, that his body had been healed and he had gained new strength. But now he'd been healed spiritually. The heart is right. The mind is right. The love relationship between him and Jesus is right. He's been saved. He's been changed. Not just on the outside, but on the inside. And Jesus says to him, rise and go. Now he's going to go as a different man with a different purpose. He's going to go and he's going to live life for the one who has healed him. Not just physically, but also spiritually. And he's going to live life abundantly and in the fullness of Christ. Because Jesus said go. Not with just a healed physical body. But a healed physical body and spiritual life inside. And he says, your faith has made you well. Was the faith in the first going? Or he's just going by command of Jesus, going to the temple to show himself that he might be pronounced cleansed by the priest. But on the way, he noticed he was already healed. He came back to the place, to the one who healed him. Didn't need the priest. The evidence of his body demonstrated he was healed. He came back to the one that healed him while he was going in obedience to him. He came back and he thanked him and he praised him and he worshipped him. His life has changed, but he also knew for himself who Jesus was and the authority and the ability of Jesus that makes a huge difference do you know who Jesus is do you know his authority and his ability do you know the power that's in the name of Jesus do you know the power that's in the commands of Jesus that changes your life in your act of obedience. And the man went in obedience to his command at first go. 
And now he's receiving a second command. Go. But he's going with full knowledge of Jesus' authority and power in his life. That Jesus gave him new life, not just in the physical body, but in the inner man, in his spiritual life. He gave him new life in his spiritual life. How many of you would like to have new life in your spiritual life? You want to worship, but don't know who to worship. You want to praise, but you don't know who to praise. You want to be able to grow towards God. And the only way you're going to grow close to God is through Jesus Christ. Because Jesus said, no man cometh unto the Father except by me, through me. And do you really want to grow closer to God? The one true God. If you do, it has to start with Jesus. Just like with this man. It had to start with Jesus. Yes, the outside can be touched because God is merciful. God helps us all. Those who have knowledge of him, those who are ignorant of him. God still helps in some degree. That's where his mercy comes in. But to know him and be healed inwardly, to be healed up here mentally and in the heart, that's a renewing or rebirth of the spirit within you. And that your spirit then identifies with the Holy Spirit who God will give, who will teach you all things concerning Christ and your new life. He says, rise and go, your faith. And it's a step of faith. When you pray, Lord Jesus, come into my life. The sun's not going to drop. The moon's not going to blink. Stars aren't going to go all over the place. Yes, the angels rejoice that you don't hear and you don't see. But your faith will allow you to know something's changed. Remember the first time Christ never said nothing about their faith. But he says, rise and go. Now, now listen, your faith. The man's faith is activated. Your faith has made you well. You're turning around and coming back. Your faith in the one who has healed you. Your faith in the one that has touched you. Your faith in the one who you were obedient unto for the first time. Your faith. Repentance will always lead you to faith in Jesus. When you truly repent, that's your first act of faith. 
of believing that God has forgiven you of your sins through Jesus Christ. And when you ask him to come into your life, that's a step of faith. That you're believing that God has somehow miraculously entered into your life because you repented of your sins and you asked him to come into your life and to be Lord of your life. And he does. And he sends us right back into life. Not alone. But with him. With our faith in him. Learn from these leopards. We are not only to receive the goodness of God. But we are to receive and to know who to give thanks to. And he returned and gave thanks to the living God. And he realized here was one far greater than himself. And he fell at his feet. Let's all fall at the feet of Jesus. Because we all have a great need in this area of redemption. And living the life that God has given to us through Jesus. And if you're born again, the Lord's going to send you places where maybe you would have never went before. He's going to send you and he's going to say go. Because he wants others to see what he has done in your life. Go. You never ask Christ into your life. Do it today. Do it today. And experience a newness of life. A cleansing of life. And a going in the power of his command. God bless you. God keep you. And may God order your steps today. Father, we thank you and praise you, Lord, for Jesus Christ and for your word. Help us to learn from the leopards, O oh God, that we can quickly forget who has healed us, who has ministered to us, and we forget to even give thanks and praise. But Lord, let us not so much desire just the healing of this flesh. But may we desire the healing from within. That there's a healing in our relationship. There's a healing in our spirit. There's a healing that comes from you that will not be seen so much in the physical flesh but in our going and in our doing, that people will know there's something different about us. Lord, call many unto yourself today, I pray. For we all have need of a Savior named Jesus. And in his name I pray, amen. <music>